0: Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton.
1: Welcome back to another episode of The Break. That's kind of how nice. <laughs> what are those Derek numbers? does this numbers? You got the numbers? The Break. Nice. No, I do not have the number, but uh, Patrick, go ahead and turn around. Okay, let's let's right. start this conversation. All we right. got Patrick brian and then me and we're gonna get this show rolling we're gonna get into the whole scouting report offense uh philadelphia eagles offense versus the cowboys defense in the meantime we're gonna start with a quick scouting uh, no injury report on where we're at with injuries compared to what we (laughs) had. not much changing from yesterday but
3: the good news is um you're only looking at Two individuals as opposed to the laundry list that was, you know, prior to the, the bye week. But obviously, Tyron Smith had the next anger pop up last week um, and he was sidelined against the Los Angeles Rams. Um, he's not expected to practice on today, Wednesday, uh, per Mike McCarthy. He'll be in the rehab group. So, uh, injury report should read DMP for him, which is did not participate. Chuma Edoga, some positive news there. Obviously, he left the game against the Rams late with what's described as a low ankle injury, which is uh, much. Much better than a high ankle injury. Evidence to that being he will be is expected to be limited today in practice. Chuma is, which gives him a shot at taking the field on Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles on yesterday. Um, owner and general manager jerry jones told 105.3 the fan that um it's um quite likely or quite possible i should say that both will take the field on sunday but he did say at least one of them mm-hmm. uh likely would so we'll see how the week goes obviously you know today no tyron smith in practice we'll see what it looks like on thursday
1: and then if neither we saw what If happened. neither,
3: then it's it's gonna be uh rookie fifth round pick, Awesome Richards. That's who came in for and We, got a, and we got a taste of that last week. And We got a taste of that last week when the exited. And and Richards, um I mean he he can play some solid ball. I see a lot of potential for him. High ceiling guy. Um, but this would definitely be, you talk about throwing a guy into the fire. This would be it. So if for whatever reason, and again, the Cowboys are optimistic that one or both, Edoga or, and or Tyron Smith, will take the field. But if uh, things go left and that's not the case, then yes, Richards would absolutely be thrown into the fire against um, arguably the best defensive front in the NFL. All
1: right. Now let's talk some trade. Mm. Trades that happened. Trades that didn't happen. Cowboys, we know, they (laughs) did not make any news on headlines yesterday. But other teams did. Mm. Uh, And we we spent a whole chunk of yesterday's show talking about other teams, who scared us, what we thought. And we did see the 49ers added extra talent to their defense. They made a trade with the Commanders to trade for Chase Young, only Mm. for a third-round pick. Uh, which was a, a pretty good deal, I would say. And then we had some other trades happening. But wanted to get, uh, Brian, let's start with you with just your, your initial reaction to the trades that were happening yesterday.
4: 49ers made a trade last year for Christian McCaffrey for the Carolina Panthers that's often injured. He had, if you look at his Carolina career, there was some absolute brilliance to it, but there was a lot of heartbreak along the way when it came to his availability and lack of. Uh, the 49ers made another trade this year, same situation. Chase Young, you look at him and where he was placed in a lot of Scouts minds, uh, you know where it got of Ohio State, what you thought about him as a player, what you thought about him as a disruptive player, an edge rusher, a guy that can, and that can, they can put a lot of pressure on the quarterback can play the run, but often injured. You know, there was some people in the, in the commander's camp that were like, this guy's availability is very limited to what we're trying to do right now. And here are the 49ers. They swoop in again. I think they've made two trades back-to-back that could absolutely help their football team. We've seen what Christian McCaffrey can do. Chase Young, he's played with uh, Nick Bosa at Ohio State. Uh, they were a, a formidable pair there. Uh, it's... Uh, it was a, a very much of a you know a third round pick. It's something you could always recoup. It's something you can get. They're going to get that back, I believe, for McGlinchey. Yeah, for McGlinchey. But they also had some coaches that left staff. Now, yeah. with the NFL the way it is, they give you compensatory picks if you have uh, coaches, minority coaches, or coaches that leave and go somewhere else. And they lost a couple of coaches, so they're going to get that pick back. Um, You know, it's a it's a very, uh, very good deal for them to Mm -hmm. continue. The one thing the 49ers do when they get in trouble, they will add defensive linemen. You know, they're they're right now in a a bad spot of the number of games they've lost. But to add Chase Young for a third round pick to go along with Randy Gregory and to go around with the other defensive players that they have. You know, they're loading up with the possibility of not giving you the ability to throw the ball when you see them again the next time you uh, get to uh, get to meet them.
3: I think it's a good deal for the 49ers and and obviously uh, well put when it comes to CMC. Um my my thing there is obviously that could be lightning in a bottle and you just never know. Um but kudos to them for what happened with with McCaffrey. That's just been magnificent for them and it's possible that that you know Chase Young could be the same. Um but when you look at the the risk reward, I mean, what did they risk? They risked a third round pick that they're going to get back anyway right. uh, in the compensatory formula. So, right. I mean, that this is m- basically a freebie for them. So yeah. if Chase Young cannot stay healthy in San Francisco, then OK, you know, they let him walk in free agency next year and they get their third-round pick back. But if he turns out to be an impact player and he comes anywhere near the potential of what he was at Ohio State, then they're that much more destructive yeah. as a defensive front. So, yeah, that that's definitely a fantastic trade for them and the, whether it works out or not, because, again, if it doesn't work, they, it didn't cost him anything, ultimately. If it does work, then their needle points that much much more due north uh, in a situation where they're on a three-game slide and they're really trying to do whatever they can to stop that. Yeah. Um, this, you know, theoretically helps them stop that. So, yeah.
1: That's the- like uh, someone... Feasting on food, like 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 that's you have full. you you already you have your plate full. You don't need to keep stacking on it. Like get, leave leave it for some other people. Well, I mean, everybody hollered their chance to make whatever. Well, treats. that's
4: you know that's the, the 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 question. I think the bigger question is that the Bears overpay for Sweat. Montez Sweat ends up in Chicago for a second round pick, yeah. and that pick's going to end up to be likely that maybe the first or second pick of the second round, which will be like picks. 33,34 if depending on where the Bears finish. So the commander's pretty much cleaned up on that one. They've got probably they got to pick you know from the Bears for a player that they weren't going to resign but you know so sometimes you overpay. I, I, I don't quite I understand the 49ers doing what they did. I don't understand the Bears doing what they mm. did in their trade. I, I do think the Bears overpaid. I, yeah. I agree with you there, um, yeah. and we'll see. To how... me, Young, I think Young's more of a second round than a third round, but and I think he's probably a better player than Sweat. Me personally, you know, I just I, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's it's one of those moves that the there's moves that were made. I didn't believe this, and and I've said this too. Uh, Ezra Cleveland got the guard from the Minnesota Vikings got traded to Jacksonville. And I've come on this program before and been adamant about how hard it is to get starting offensive linemen on a trade. That that proved my point wrong right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a starting caliber young offensive lineman that goes from one team to another. Now, you have to do that when you have surplus. You know, obviously the Vikings felt like that the, uh, Dalton Reisner, is, mm-hmm. uh, they added him, and yeah. they felt like that Dalton Reisner would probably be a better player, but... There you go. A starting caliber offensive lineman goes from one team to another. And I've always believed that it was hard to get somebody to give you one of those uh, those offensive linemen. Because they're
1: hard to find. They're hard
4: to find. They're hard to find. And not everybody's willing to part, but Minnesota. And here's Minnesota in an interesting situation because they go out and trade for Josh Dobbs, who we all know good and well from his days when he played (laughs) at Arizona against the Cowboys. So here you are. They're going out. You know, here's a team that's right now four and four. They're thinking like we've won three straight. We're back in the hunt. Uh, you know, we don't have a quarterback, but but we have to. We got quarterback, but we give up one of our starting offensive linemen. Boy, that's that's kind of a, an interesting yeah. interesting dynamic. But let it be said now that people will be willing to give up starting caliber offensive lineman if you're willing to pay for him. And then
3: you're talking about NFC East teams that acquired a second-round pick for a trade. I mean, Leonard Williams um, yeah. Giants. So, you know, Giants send Leonard Williams over to the Seahawks, and uh, the Cowboys will face him in Week 13 the week right. after uh, Thanksgiving. So you'll see him on a very good Seattle Seahawks team, like we talked about yesterday. But uh, And we'll ultimately see what the Giants and Commanders do or not or don't do with those picks, because it's not like they've drafted well. But if we're focusing on the right now, I mean, two NFC East teams got weaker yeah. uh, this week, and that's got to make the Cowboys feel that much more that much better uh, about their possibilities of taking this division. Of course, they have to go into Philadelphia and take care of yeah. business. That's job number one. But you're, you're going against a Commanders front that was. Is arguably or inarguably one of the best in the league because the NFC East has defensive horses up front, like right. period, all four teams. But the Commanders have always given the Cowboys hell with this setup of a defense. Um, but now you got two guys that that are gone, Montez Sweat, and Sweat was a. He seemed to always find ways to wreck the games against sure. the Cowboys, so that's not a situation you got to deal with. And you haven't even played them yet. So you got two games against the Commanders. You got another game against a weakened Giants defensive front who's coming to AT and T Stadium in a couple weeks or so. So I mean, maybe
1: they see it as like, well, it ain't going to happen this year. Might as well get a trade. Oh, yeah,
3: they're they're well, yeah, they're driving the tank right
4: now. I think Commanders are going to completely do what the Raiders just did. You know, we saw the Raiders move on from their head coach and move on from their general manager. You have new ownership there at, at the Commanders. I, I think this is one of those things that, like, let's try and stock up some picks. Let's try and get a t- – many mm-hmm. with the Commanders as me mm-hmm. top one hundred picks. The the possibility, you know, they're probably still going to be looking for a quarterback. They might finish poor enough that that they, you know, have the opportunity of getting them that quarterback derby. But then they'll have some other picks to try and add some. I always felt like that they were a quarterback away. But Ron Rivera does some crazy things, like that. That they've had Philadelphia on the ropes twice this year. And couldn't finish the job either time, and so, you know, you look at ownership, and they say, "Well, you know what? We're probably going to bring our own guy in." And here we go, and this is the start of it. But I mentioned what's going on with the Raiders. You know, they fired the general manager and the coach and the offensive coordinator. You know, here like halfway through the season, so yeah. while well, we were all sleeping. <laughs> yeah, I think that we're gonna. I think that we're going to. Uh, I think we're going to see more changes like that uh, at, uh, at the end of the season. There.
1: Well. Um, that that's, that's it, really, uh, for any trade hopes that fans may have had. Uh, it well, did not happen. And the Cowboys, and, and we've heard it, we talked about it on the show, how Jerry Jones and everybody here uh, fully trust the talent that they currently have on the sure. roster right now. And we mentioned it yesterday, too, how after the win that you had mm-hmm. against the Rams, coming off something like that, a performance where all three phases of the game played really, really well, it's hard to kind of... My, my,
4: yeah, my only fear is if something happens to one of these corners. I was li- I was literally just about. That's to my say, that's my, my only thing it. is
3: I would have done uh, tr- made a move for cornerback depth and without saying the player's name because yeah. we, we can't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a guy in the Windy City I think the Cowboys yeah. might have been in on, but it sounds like just in having conversations yeah. that the price tag that that team yeah. had set for that player, no team was willing to yeah. to go in for. So it's not that's not a situation where the Cowboys were alone and, and kind of tightened the purse strings. Yeah, so we're not just. Out. Is that, I mean several other teams made a call for that particular player well, and that price tag was just like no, we're just not well, doing it. That's why he. Well Rashule
4: Douglas went from Green Bay yeah. to Buffalo. So that you know you wasn't that a second rounder? That was a third, a third? I believe, okay. is what that was. I, I think I'm I'm sorry, please don't come at me if I'm wrong about that. I thought it was a third round pick that they gave up there. But to me, but it was still
3: a premium pick. It right?
4: was, yeah. But it was a premium pick, is right. But to me, though, that, that's the thing about it. And, and we talked about this yesterday, and I, I just do believe it with my heart. Is that Will McClay goes to the coaching staff and he says, "Hey, how can I help you?" And the coaches say, "I don't. We're good. We're mm-hmm. good. I don't want to change. I don't want to. I don't want to do anything different. I'm happy with my guys." And you know, so there's a lot about that we can kind of jump on the front office for their lack of movement and of the teams that are in the playoff hunt right now. The Cowboys were the only team in the NFC that didn't make a move. Everybody else, Detroit, Philadelphia—I mean, all these teams made moves to try and at least add a player. But, like I say, sometimes coaches just say, "I don't want any. No, let's not bring anybody else mm-hmm. in. We're gonna we're gonna play with these guys." And you know, we don't know that. I've been on staps where that has happened, where the coaches just say, "No, I just don't don't do it." Don't do it. We're good. And you, you, you don't want to ever bring somebody in for a coach, and then they don't want the player, and don't want to play the player, and then it turns into a bunch of butting of, of heads, and and ultimately it, it it kind of fractures the group and the, yeah. the trust. With I smell
3: tuna in that yeah. conversation. Yeah, <laughs> that that smells like tuna.
4: No, it's uh, you know, we, <laughs> if you
3: catch my drift.
4: No, no, uh, Bill was Bill was always interested in adding players, but. He also, though, you you almost like I said, I I, I I believe I got fired here because I fought too hard for for Charles Woodson, you know, and I basically I took it personal, and I shouldn't have taken it personal. I was too young in the department, and I knew that Charles Woodson, you know, we were a bad team, and I'm trying to help. I'm trying to get players here. We don't have any players, and uh, and ultimately that that's what you know, what got me fired with Bill. I mean that Bill and I go way, way, way back to when he was in New England and I was in Green Bay and we had a great relationship and then he came here. I'm so glad he came here. I really was. After being five and eleven three straight years, I'm thinking, thank God, we're gonna we're gonna kinda get this thing turned around. Yeah, we're gonna turn this thing around. We're gonna be okay. And then and then ultimately, when you start to battle the head coach on players, mm. it the head coach generally will win. Well, you and I can't was,
1: win that battle. I was <laughs> so. you know, I was
4: I was too stupid to realize that I was fighting something bigger than what I was fighting. Mm-hmm. And that's that. Ultimately, you got to be careful of that. You know, when yeah. you you don't want to push for something that that the person in charge is ultimately saying no. I don't want to. You know, I don't want to do this. So. Always be yeah. careful of that.
3: Well, the Cowboys, like you said, Amber, their roster is set, and this is what they got until March, as far as trades are concerned. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, though, they're still five and two, so that's that. There's promise there. They just played their first mostly complete game. Yeah, um, and I mean, even still, that could have been a slightly cleaner game, which should give some more optimism as far as what this team can actually be. But again, it starts because uh, they failed the they failed the first test. They did. Um, here comes the midterm. They have to pass this midterm.
1: Well, a uh, big and hard midterm coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to get into the whole breakdown of the Philadelphia Eagles offense after this break.
0: Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper a location near you.
5: Back to the break.
4: This is the season for youth football and dance camps presented by uh Visaline. Don't miss out your chance to learn from the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and former NFL players at AT&T Stadium on December 22nd and 23rd. Celebrate the holidays with the Cowboys. Register today at dallascowboys.com/camps. That starts uh we're doing this stuff on November 1st. Today's November 1st, right? Yeah. All right, let's go.
1: Yeah. November is here. Go hang uh, out, go
4: hang out with some of these
2: camps. It was a lot of fun. <laughs>
1: Welcome back. This is the second segment of The Break, presented by Blockchain.com. Ding. Ding. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Uh, okay, before we get into the scouting report, let's just mention real quick, Brandon Aubrey, He was. it was just announced that he won NFC. Player of the week. Special teams. Special teams player. teams player of the week. uh Congratulations. Well deserved. Once again. Well
3: deserved butter.
1: Shutting people up in this podcast. To go, uh, <laughs> butter. But no, great job. He's done an amazing job. No, we're we're
3: season, huge so. fans of, of butter huge. now. We're huge fans We of love it. Yeah, we we'll love it. All
1: right. The training camp and
3: not so much. <laughs> not so much, but yeah. Kind
4: of like that overly buttered popcorn you get in a movie. Yeah. It's po- a little more. too much.
1: But, but, then, but then but then, you keep wanting more. What, the you like that overly
4: buttered yeah. popcorn?
1: You start licking your fingers like... Norm, oh, norm.
4: Nice. Ah, this
3: sad. is like food, butter, honey. <laughs> We're just grocery shopping this week yeah. in, in Cowboys Nation.
1: All right, I don't want to hear any of this that Brian is about to say, <laughs> but let's hear but it. it. it we got to, to uh, yeah. Jalen Hurst. Let's start with the quarterback of the Eagles and how he's looking right now and some of the things that he's currently doing this season.
4: Yeah, I, I don't know if he's completely healthy right now, to be honest with you guys when you watch him on tape, uh, the word is that he might be dealing with a bone bruise on his knee. And so we need to kind of keep an eye on that. But uh, he's still uh, still playing at a high level, though the interceptions are a problem for him. He's taken some chances on some deep balls that have been a little bit of problematic for him. But the strength of his game is to, is to be able to play on the move. We all kind of understand mm-hmm. that with him. But he just doesn't appear in the games that I studied that he was really interested in running unless he absolutely has to. And so it might be a little bit of a different quarterback there with, uh, with the Cowboys uh, when, um, when you see him this week. The thing that you have to do against Jalen Hurts, absolutely have to do this against him, is you have to make him hold the ball. He is mm-hmm. a different quarterback when he has to deal with pressure. His accuracy tends to fade, and then the turnovers creep into his game. Uh, Five of his eight interceptions are those when he's had to deal with pressure. So the longer you can make Jalen Hurts hold the ball, move, 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 back up, back up, move, the likelihood he's either going to throw it away or you can possibly get an interception. Uh, Maybe that he'll force the ball on you a little bit. Um, He is – teams have – They've kind of played him in a way where with they when you watch the tape it's more of man coverage i I was surprised at how much man coverage that he faces uh there's a, especially with that receiving crew that he has but they play teams play a lot of man coverage and he's only really a 64 percent passer when he faces all this man coverage so maybe people are looking at the metrics but you could definitely see it on tape. That they're trying to kind of cover his guys, uh, and then make him have to make some of those throws. Where the where they kill you is in a couple of different areas.
1: Well, the, for you were going to keep talking about. Yeah, him, I was just going to say
4: real quick that one of the two areas that he that he kills you is the deep ball is is a problem, and then also the screens. Mm-hmm. That's when when mm-hmm. he's when he's throwing the ball down the field, deep balls. He's almost a fifty percent passer and the majority of his touchdowns have been throwing throwing like the go routes to the guys. they got receivers that have the ability to get down the field and can separate and Hertz will just launch that thing and he's taken 23 deep shots this year. He's got six touchdowns and every one of them are just these kind where they just blow past they get they get separation at the line or they'll or they'll be like they'll be like zone coverage and they'll they'll just run pie by the cornerbacks, and then he'll just launch the ball. And sometimes
1: and, those screens can be pretty successful yep, the against the Cowboys' defense. Yeah,
4: he is he – is, when he throws the ball in the flat, this is where the touch and the accuracy – and, like, they do a lot of wide receiver screens. They do screens to the tight end. They do screens to the back. So he's kind of throwing the ball around the line of scrimmage, but it's kind of like it, it, it kind of lulls you into some sleep where we you're like, okay, short, 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 and then, <laughs> and all, then all of a sudden then. it goes over the top, and now you're now That's you're de- get, you know. de- dealing with that. So I think the, the, the passes he throws, those screen-type passes or the underneath passes, those are the ones that start out small, and then they end up being huge with run-after-catch with these guys. They are really, really good at that. But he, he doesn't miss those passes on the flats or underneath or anything down the field in the middle of the field is when he tends to have a little bit of problem but you got to get pressure on this guy every quarterback you have to get pressure but it really affects him the longer he has to hold the ball he he kind of loses track yes. of where he is and he loses track of where everything is down the field so coverage on the outside pressure Somehow makes him become a different quarterback. You know what's very interesting about Jalen
3: Hurts, in addition to everything that Brian is saying, is that he's much more comfortable throwing to the left yeah. of the line of scrimmage. If you go back, and, and this is obviously via uh, next gen stats, which is just phenomenal, uh, of his eight interceptions that he's yeah. thrown, six of them have been to the right, right of the line of scrimmage. He's thrown six interceptions when forced to throw to that right, but he has six touchdowns, six of his uh, touchdowns when forced to throw to the left with no interceptions in that area. And I'm talking deep, shallow, and in yeah. the flat. So his, if you're looking for a weakness in his mm-hmm. game, an additional weakness of yeah. his game, force him to stay right yeah. as far as his progressions. Once he comes across middle, back left, back yeah. left that's when you're really going to get in trouble. So that is that is very interesting, something to keep an eye out on for the Cowboys. Maybe they can bring that pressure in and keep him turned this way, right? because then that's a liability for him.
4: when they When teams it used to be with, with Russell Wilson with the Seahawks, because how short he was, you make him play backwards. Yeah. You know, and, and when Russell Wilson would play backwards, he can't throw the ball over the top because he can't see. Mm-hmm. With, with Hertz, when you see him start to drift and he goes back and he drifts and he just keeps drifting, and that usually, that usually spells problems for him. It's when he, and I don't think he wants to run now. Now, maybe I'm going to be dead balls wrong about this when it comes up. Well, but when you talk about it, he a does look like he's, hurt. He, he, he's, he's yeah, hurt. he does not look like he's the hurt. same. Yeah. And maybe he's They're playing possum on us mm-hmm. right now, kind of acting like he's hurt. But, he's not, but you watch the tape, he's not really interested in running with the ball. He just, that's not his, you know, especially like you look at the Commanders game this past week, it just wasn't that, that wasn't the case.
1: Is he the type of player when, that when you get... Enough pressure on him does that begin to wear as the game goes on, as far as like how uh, focused he stays in the game, or does that messes up his confidence? Basically? I
4: think I, 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 he's always been a confident player, and I understand what you're saying like if you keep hitting him, hitting him, hitting him, is he going to make more mistakes and stuff? Well, like knowing
1: that? that he's already hurt and right. he's dealing with that
4: right right his his offensive line. Helps him so much in a lot of this stuff. I mean, I if his confidence is going to go away, it's because his offensive line is completely falling apart, and they normally don't do that.
1: All right, let's take our final break. When we come back, we'll get right into the offensive line and, mm. and some of those guys, yeah. what, what they have against uh, this Cowboys defensive line.
0: supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com to find a location near you.
5: Back to the break.
0: Experience the most electrifying event
4: on the holiday season. Cowboys Christmas Extravaganza. Powered by Reliant, every Friday and Saturday night from uh, November 17th through December 16th, the Cowboys' Christmas extravaganza ignites uh, the star in Frisco with an unforgettable holiday performance showcasing 65 performers, including the world-renowned Dallas Cowboys cheerleader Santa Claus and appearances from your favorite Dallas Cowboys football heroes. Visit the Stardistrict.com for more info. You ever going you out know. and seen them with the, Christmas, the yeah. Christmas
1: tree out there? It's a very, very nice show. Yeah. I haven't done that because yeah. he was too little, mm-hmm. but maybe this time around. Uh, very, very nice, fun show for the family and yeah. everyone to it's come cool. out. Yeah, really cool. Um, all right, let's dive right into this O-line. We're running out of time, I feel, yeah. with so much information that's still left to yeah. be discussed. So... Tell me a uh, very, very impressive line that they have.
4: Yeah, it is very impress- impressive the way they play. I think with uh, Jordan Maialata and Lane Johnson at tackles, I think that really is the anchor where they're at. Uh, they don't give these guys a lot of help. They block one-on-one. Lane Johnson's the better of the athlete. Maialata's the bigger of the guy. You don't want to just run right in down the middle of Maialata. He will cause all kinds of problems for you that way with his strength and his power. you got to try and work the edges, and you can. Both these guys do a great job, almost to the point of cheating the snap. And when I mean cheating the snap, the way they kick away, they have incredible vision to the inside to be able to see when – when Kelsey snaps the ball and they're moving actually as the ball is being moved as well. Sometimes they might be a little early and officials give them and they line up a little deeper at times to try and help themselves, but they get away with it. But these tackles are really, really good. I like Demarcus Lawrence, though, against Lane Johnson on this one, though. I, I think there's been times where he has been really – good against him cuz he understands how to break lane johnson down you know like with his hands with the, the way he rushes him the, you know lane johnson at times has had problems getting his hands on him he's been able to dip him a couple of times so that's it's a, that's a tough matchup for for lane johnson demarcus really really has a good feel for how to play them if you uh, if i think inside the, the where the eagles might have a little bit of a weakness is uh sui apetta as, and I think petta is the is the he's right now he's playing in the lineup because of Cam Jurgens is being out at guard and but you see with the Peta, he he's one of those guys that when he gets a little tall and then all of a sudden like teams will run into him and get under him and you can carry him back in the pocket. now the problem with the Eagles is they play like 98% of the time they're going to be in shotgun. So if you're going to drive him to the quarterback, it's probably going to be at shotgun depth. It's not going to be like take the snap and then drop and then make that push. But this is a team that, that does a good job with their pin and pull stuff that we we that the Cowboys have trouble with. They could zone block it. They can morph into whatever they're going to do running the football. They just they they get in that sidecar look. They hand the ball or they get pistol behind and they hand the ball. And but this line will they got some bully mentality to them in the way they come off the football. They'll get into you, they'll push. If you try and get up the field, they'll just kind of take you wherever you want to go. They're not really trying to just totally hammer you, but they'll but they get into you, kind of knock you around a little bit and if you want to go up the field they'll just wheel you up the field and then their backs will make the cuts from that. So yeah, I feel like though that's it's it's one of those lines that, that is really good with the, their athletic ability. They've got the size. Jason Kelsey, I, I, he, he's nearing the end of a really outstanding career at center. He, what he lacks in power, he makes up with just old-fashioned smarts. He's been a really good foot athlete throughout his career. He's a position blocker. He can reach, scoop, grab you, turn you. Uh, he's, he's perfect for what they do with their pin-and-pull stuff. Uh, he's not going to overpower anybody. I would take advantage of him by putting somebody on his nose and making him have to uh, take that guy one-on-one. It, he's a little bit of a different center when, he's, when he has a bubble over him, when there's, no, when there's nobody in, over the top of him. I would make him have to snap, play the power game, and try and do those kinds of things because you can kind of make him get pushed back a little bit because of the lack of power. But this is a, this is a, a pretty damn good offensive line from the five guys across that they've got.
3: Yeah, I mean, and it's it's a, a strength against strength when you look yeah. at the the strength of the offensive line in Philadelphia versus the strength of the, the Cowboys' defensive line, and that's across the board. And particularly, we keep talking about a guy like Osa, and um, Cowboys are going to need him to step up again, yeah. and as he's mm-hmm. continued to do, and I'm confident that he can do it in Philadelphia. But what will help the Philadelphia Eagles, and hopefully, this is not going to be allowed by the Cowboys and or Jalen Hurts' knee, because I do think yeah. that they're. Um, understating what's going on there, is as long as Jalen Hurts is forced to play inside the pocket, then the Cowboys defensive line has that much better of a chance of winning those one-on-one matchups right. up front. Uh, it's when Jalen Hurts it provides the threat of you know, stretching the, the the line and getting off those edges, that's when you kind of have to try to worry if you got to play the lateral game, you got to play east and west in addition to north-south. If you can just get these guys, the Cowboys defensive line, I mean playing north-south, they have a much better chance of doing things like pushing back uh, Kelsey and getting the best of some of those other guys like Maialata, who I mean the strength that that guy's a force. Yeah. So um, just don't let the, don't let Jalen hurts uh, and that running game, and I'm talking about the backs as well. DeAndre Swift, obviously, um, who is much better on the outside in space than he would be doing the dirty work in those interior gaps keep those guys running up the middle and keep Jalen Hurts contained and you can win those battles more often than not you're not going to win every single battle against this Eagles offensive line but if you do those two things and just make them play north-south, then you have a much better chance of winning more often than
4: mm-hmm. not Yeah, to Patrick's point though, and we were talking about the quarterback 76% of the, those metrics will tell you, 76% of the time the snaps the snaps quarterback's going to throw from the pocket So there obviously is something going on with his health that he is, you know, he's more committed to throwing the ball in the middle of the pocket than he is throwing it on the outside.
1: Well, let's talk about some of the weapons that he has in the passing game. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah, it it is. uh, We all understand if you're you're a fantasy football player or whatever, you know, you understand who A.J. Brown is. He's one of the best deep threats in the NFL today. He's a big-body guy, and once he gets that big body going, he can be tough to stop. I mean, he does an outstanding job. He tracks the ball really well. You know, the Hertz does a great job of putting the ball right on him in stride. And you tend to have opportunities, a lot of opportunities, because teams don't always play these guys. Like I said, when they play him in man coverage, it's a little bit of a different game for them. But when they play off, these guys can just eat you up, much like what the Cowboys do. You give them free access and routes, they run their routes, they catch the ball, and then they're up the field. So I would try and disrupt him as much as I could at the line. I know it's a big-body guy. I know that could be a problem for uh, for Gilmore and guys like that. But I think if you give him a free run up the field – these routes are not complex. No, nope. they really aren't. When you watch, I'm thinking, oh, it's the it's the Rams, it's the 49ers, it's a lot of their stuff is on the short yardage stuff. It's combination between a tight end and a receiver, and there's a lot of picks, and it's inside out, inside out, and then down the field, it's up in the middle. A lot of the balls are thrown towards the middle. They just know
1: how to execute it. They just do
4: a great job of of executing what they have. And the quarterback finds a way to get them. They got protection. They get the routes executed. But it's not something that's just this blow your mind Mm -hmm. kind of route combinations. It's a pretty simple way of playing football. But they get protection. They get their quarterback, gets the ball out to them. And then they got guys that can finish on the play. So. I'm not going to let these guys have any free access and routes. I'm just going to make them. It all goes back to my plan of making Hertz have to hold the football. The longer he has to throw, the better. The more off, the, you're the, in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, when he holds the ball, he's going to have some problems. That's what they need to kind of focus on in this game. Him and then I'm talking about Brown and also Smith. Smith, the, Devonta Smith doesn't have the the physical size of Brown. But his downfield presence is just as impressive. Where where he is really good is when they do what I call that two-man game where his routes will take him inside and then there'll be a pick. Or like he's really good on when they need six, seven yards mm-hmm. on the outside. He runs outs all day. He is a throw it to him, catch, tap, tap. Throw it to him, catch, tap, tap. He's one of those guys when it comes to running the out routes and stuff, he's super comfortable no one getting past the sticks, coming to the sticks, catching the ball, and then getting the first down.
3: I think and this is a game where I would love to, to... – stick Bland on A.J. Brown as much as possible. Bland is going to be your most physical guy, and a great point from Brian, you want to try to disrupt A.J. Brown at the line of scrimmage, Bland is going to give you the best opportunity to do that. Um, The question then becomes, how can the Cowboys keep a shifty Quick guy like yeah. Devonte Smith from potentially you know dragging uh, an older Stefan Gilmore across the middle of the yeah. field and getting some of those ends and those slants. Uh, be interested to see how they attack that. I think that also goes to the linebackers; they're going to have to help save safeties obviously as well. Um, but let's not forget we're talking about AJ Brown, rightfully so. That's a guy who has over 900 yards in his yeah. first eight games. He's just monster right yeah. now. Um, Dallas Goddard he he can change the game for him yeah. as well. Um, so paging Ron Curse. Because this is a big assignment for J Ron Curtis a tight end.
4: Yeah, neither one of these tight ends can block. Dallas Goddard and Jack Stoll are really not that great of blockers. But where I worry about Dallas Goddard is this they're eight for eight on throwing screens to this guy. Mm-hmm. That's where, that's where all of a sudden he's blocking, he's blocking, you lose track of he's blocking, and now he goes out and they it throw release, him a screen. Right. And, it, you know, delayed screens, uh, just turn, I mean, you just kind of like act like you're blocking, turn around, get everybody upfield. Dallas has proven they really haven't been playing the screens all that well. I guarantee yeah. you we're going to see some screens in this game. Dallas Goddard, mm-hmm. though, eight for eight, and when you throw him the screen, the, 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 he had one of those was a, for a touchdown that I saw. Uh, so, I, there's no question that the Eagles are going to use him in that way delay, you know, lose track of where he is, and then throw him the football.
3: And, and I know we're about to wrap up the final segment. Before we do, I'd be remiss if I didn't point off, we didn't talk about the tush push, obviously, and how the Cowboys are going to have a challenge in stopping that. Um, but I think the Eagles made kind of a mistake last week against the Commanders in revealing a wrinkle they did not have to reveal out of that tush push. Um, I think it was 31-26? Yeah. um, And third and one, and they're deep in the red zone, and instead of, they, they line up for the tush push, but they handed off to Devontae Smith, which stole and Goddard as the block was on the outside. Right. and, and um, Not Devontae Smith, uh, DeAndre Swift. Yeah. And DeAndre Swift basically just walks in. So they've basically shown the Cowboys that, like, hey, that's a possibility. So I would love the Cowboys to keep that in mind because that means not every time they line up for that tush right. push are they actually going to do it. So keep at least keep one of your linebackers honest back there and ask your big boys up front to stop that tush push didn't because guys, otherwise somebody's going to leak out the back.
4: Didn't you guys ask Dan Quinn about this the other day? About, didn't he say he had some type of plan or what they yeah. had? Some they were going to try and do so. Yeah. I everybody, mean, they, they everybody know, has a plan some type of plan. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen. You know, everybody has a plan for this until it actually until they run it and it's a first down that kind of yeah. thing. I just think the Eagles yep.
3: did the Cowboys a favor by revealing that wrinkle. Yeah, when they didn't have to because they hadn't revealed that wrinkle yet.
4: It's kind of like bones showing that he could throw the ball to Golston on yeah. a, on a field goal <laughs> when he really didn't have to. Right. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, before we end the segment, I know uh, Patrick talked a little bit about Swift, the running back, and what they're doing. But anything else you want to add on how the running game is currently going for them? Yeah,
4: it's. You know, I could say Swift's averaging almost almost five yards a carry, and like a, like Patrick was talking about. He's going to try and run it inside, but I think he's a little bit more successful off the edges. But like he's not he doesn't have the the elusiveness, you know, of, of Gainwell. Gainwell's a little bit Gainwell doesn't have the yards, but there was a sneaky run that Gainwell had against the uh against the Patriots where He kind of took it inside, then he bounced it outside, and Mm -hmm. then they were on the edge. And then, you know, it was a problem. It was one of his longer gains of the year. But Swift is extremely tough. They use him. They empty the formation. They'll throw him the football, too. That's another thing that they kind of like to do with him. But the, the running style is pretty similar to what the Cowboys have been facing here the last several weeks. Downhill, physical runners. Get you know not these home run kind of hitters of backs. I I didn't feel like that. It was everything would seem like he was getting tackled three four five yards, you know, in, in that situation. But a lot of inside runs, trying to be physical, hand it off, see if he can make the cut, and and just power over people.
3: And, and the confidence here is I don't see Swift now. He's because he's not the same Swift he was at UGA. Um, I don't see him much different from trying to defend Austin Eckler. For yeah. example, uh, and you saw how the Cowboys were able to use Marquise Bell and help bottle up uh, Austin Eckler. I think that would be this, a similar game plan to try to bottle up DeAndre Swift as well.
1: So for this one, you could basically say the Cowboys have the Cowboys' defense has bigger problems to deal with than focusing on the running game. If the quarterback,
4: oh, yeah, if the quarterback's really bang- if the quarterback is banged up, that 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 is a clear advantage for the Cowboys. Because anything to keep him from running will be now. Everything could change. He could say, "Okay, I'm I'm hurt, but I'm still going to run." Yeah. But if he if it doesn't look like he is really really interested in doing it right now, they've got well at
1: this point of the season, obviously. I mean. At any point, you always got to protect and, and worry right. about your quarterback and their health. one but, reason
3: the Cowboys yeah. and Dak had, hadn't been running until yeah. these past couple weeks. Sure. So, I mean, again, risk mitigation because uh, at this point in the season, you still have a lot of football left to play. And Jalen Hurts has to ask himself whenever he takes off the run with a, a knee that we think might be worse off than what yeah. they're letting on. He has to consider, like, is it worth – is this first yeah. down Worth, you know, possibly losing the next several games because he's sidelined with the with the worst knee injury. So the fact that he might have to process that in his head again, that goes to adding leverage to the but Cowboys' to your, defense.
4: To your question, they've got a lot of things to worry about.
3: with yeah.
1: Yeah, they do. They got plenty. All right. Well, that is all the time we have for today. Thank you so much, Brian Patrick. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow where Brian's going to break down the whole Philadelphia. Defense versus the Cowboys offense for Patrick Walker, Brian Broadus, and Member Garcia. This has been the break on DallasCowboys.com radio.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!